Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi everybody, Russ with my Hammers 11. Hope you are all safe and well with your new channel. Please consider subscribing, hitting the bell icon so you're made of any time I put new content on. As always, I'd like to thank our channel sponsors, Untuck It. Check them out in the description below. Today's guest, I'm looking forward to today. We've had lots of email correspondence between the two of us, so I'm looking forward to this. It's Mark Brown. Hi Mark, how are you? Hi Russ, I'm very well. How are you? I'm not too bad, not too bad. Uh just about to go back into tier three, aren't we? So London Essex I've, are so. Heard, yeah. yeah. So, so it is what it is, isn't it? It is what it is. Um, how have you well, been in this weird world we live in, mate? Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. Yeah, um, we, we're up in Scotland now. Um, we've, oh, wow. we've moved away from most of our friends and family who, who are in Kent. So we've been up in Scotland now for um, nine years. Um, so we're used to the digital. Christmas is anyway, but um, yeah. What, what what can you do? Nothing you can do, is there? There's nothing, <laughs> there's nothing you can do. There's nothing you can do apart from just sit there and eat mince pies. That, that that's that's all. That's what I plan to do. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that's that what I plan, like plan to do. That sounds like a great plan, doesn't it? It sounds like the best thing to do. Um, yeah, it's just it's it's uh it's rubbish, but um. As you said, it, it, the, the flip side is if we didn't do it, there'd be a lot worse, isn't it? So it's what it is. And, uh, you know, God, you know, think of people before and they've had to take sufferings. Our suffering is you have to stay in. You know what I mean? It's like in the grand scheme of things, it's not a lot, is it? So it's it's just frustrating. But um, hey ho, hopefully it means that we get uh, we get out of it a lot quicker. And then into the new year, we can start looking forward to you know a nice Christmas next year, maybe so. Better days yeah. to come, Russ, I'm sure. They're better, better days to come. But but West Ham are keeping us entertained, so it's not a bad thing. They're doing their bit to keep their spirits up. Got to give them credit. <laughs> they certainly <laughs> are. They certainly are doing our doing their bit. I'm 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 very 
optimistic about this season and obviously unfortunately you know because of when lockdown then tier three are going back in people who are going to the crystal palace match on wednesday now can't go to the crystal palace match on wednesday yeah. but we played better when there was no fans there so hopefully that's a good sign well this this is it this is it <laughs> I, I, I do wonder how it would have been for the players given the start given the first couple of games it might have been toxic there so yeah yeah, well, particularly the new after the Newcastle game, wasn't it? So it wasn't there was no great uh, wasn't a great game at all. But uh, yeah, I mean we'll see we'll see what happens. Obviously they they turned it round against Leeds on on Friday night, which was good, and obviously no fans there as well. So we'll see, we shall see. But uh, yes, I'm quite looking. Although Palace quite played quite well on the weekend. Um, see, Palace are one of those teams, I think, who. And, and and actually with Fulham as well, you know, they've got a tight ground, a small ground. So 2,000 fans in in there in, in Selhurst Park or in Craven Cottage makes a big difference. Um, yeah. And so it was no surprise that they both put in really strong performances, I think, at the weekend. the first, And obviously, unfortunately, they're not going to have that for at least a few weeks at least now. Um and I don't think it's any consider. I don't think it's any coincidence when you look at the table, the guys who are performing who aren't performing well are the guys like the West Broms, the Sheffield United's, the Burnley's, although Burnley did win the other day, but, but traditionally they have very tight grounds, haven't they? Where fans are on top of you a bit like the old Upton park and, you know, and they're not obviously performing very well. I think there's something in that definitely, but who are we to judge? Who are we to judge Mark? But uh, as long as the boys keep doing the stuff, I'm, I'm happy to watch it when I'm no, I think a lot of people I'm not obviously not watching at the state. I'm watching at the stadiums and still, we'll still be pressing the buttons and playing the music on, on Wednesday, even if there's no one there. But uh, I think a lot of people are happy to watch it from home. If the boys are playing well, basically, isn't it? So that's, it. Um, that's the bottom line, isn't it? Yeah, totally. And so, you know, I just, I just, it's a it's a good feeling around West Ham at the moment. It's just it, it's 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 enjoyable, particularly obviously when you see like Arsenal fan TV and stuff like that implode. Yeah, you know, yesterday and today, it's nice for us to sort of sit back and sort of go, ha for once, because it never happens with us. <laughs> <laughs> Not in modern times, I can remember. But uh, no, I like no. It's all good, man. It's all good, and so I'm looking forward to looking forward to Wednesday. Um, so I think. Uh, I think we're going to put a performance in on Wednesday. I really do. Um, I just think crossed. they're, yeah, fingers crossed. We, we can only hope, Conf- can't we? Confident. We can only hope. It's high. It is. It is high, and it is. It is it's really high, isn't it? When it's quite sad when you. It's quite impressive when you when you think, you know, when when we obviously we obviously we lost to Man United, but we're all sort of assuming we're going to turn them over. Um, you know, what? <laughs> When did this happen? But, yeah. uh, no, it's all good. So, Mark. So, so the first question I always ask people is: Is why is West Ham your club, Mark? Obviously, now you're in Scotland. You know, you're a long way away from from London, uh, London Stadium, and, and and formerly Upton Park as well. So, why are you a West Ham fan? Mark? What's your story? Well, it all started for me around the 1980 Cup final. Yeah. Um, family wise, there was no one really interested in football. It, it was me that got my family into it rather than me following my dad, etc. And the reason the 1980 Cup final um, caught my eye, if you like, was that I had two or three um, neighbours and friends and their dads all had tickets for the matches and they was off. And there was three or four houses in the street that were all West Ham fans and there's one that was an Arsenal fan. So it was the first big game that I've come aware of. Sure. So, so obviously, 
went on to win the game and Trevor Brooking got the winning goal. And, and it yeah. just all stemmed from there, really. So, so that was, so I, I was, I was nine. So I was so nine at were... the time of the 1980 cup final. So you're a proper and, glory uh, hunter. Made the league cup. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, no, I'll take that. <laughs> I would have jumped ship. <laughs> if that yeah, the exactly. Yeah, yeah. You would have been a gooner <laughs> if it wasn't, eh, Jake? I'm only joking. Good care, mate. <laughs> So, so after that, of course, the, the, the um, 1981 League Cup final come around very quickly. So again, a, a glory hunter. Um, and then I suppose soon after that, I remember I was watching, I was on holiday with the family and we was in a caravan on the south coast somewhere. And I was watching the, the World Cup qualifier when Trevor Brookings scored a great goal for England against Hungary. Mm. And the ball got caught in the stanchion of, of, the, of the goal. Yeah. So, Quite, quite a famous goal now, and yeah, uh, yeah. so so that all you know come up very quickly, and um, I remember the, the, the Christmas of that year, so Christmas nineteen eighty one, um, I got Trevor Brookings' autobiography. Um, so again, my, my, my interest in, in West Ham and Trevor Brookings in England growing, and then in the spring of eighty two, um, Bobby Moore did a football night at the local theatre. It was Trevor. It was Trevor. Meant to be Trevor Brooking, Bobby Moore, and it was hosted by Kenny Lynch. Wow! And uh, my, my my dad got me tickets to, to go down there. So you know, th there wasn't many youngsters in in the audience, but sure. there's a few, and of course the, the, the youngsters were there to to see Trevor Brooking. So so um, I took my autobiography with me, and I was you know hoping to get a photo and uh, get get the book signed up, um, but unfortunately couldn't make it on the night. And he was replaced by Jimmy Greaves. Looking back now, so there's Bobby Moore, there's, there's Jimmy Greaves, and me and the youngsters are a pig sick that Trevor Brooking wasn't there. But yeah. <laughs> you know, un un unfortunately, at, at the time, given that I was you know, still only age 10, um, you know, Bobby Moore didn't mean a great deal to me. Yeah. Such a shame that I didn't really appreciate yeah. who he was and what he stood for and you know, at, at, at that time. Um, mm. But it's an experience that, that, that I never forget. And I also remember at that time, my mum um, had got into knitting, making her own jumpers. And she made me a, 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 a West Ham coloured Trevor Brooking jumper. And I wore that on the, on the night of the theatre show. And uh, I remember I remember on the way out, my dad um, took a photo of me um, by the sign outside the theatre that said, sorry for the inconvenience, but Trevor Brooking can't make it tonight, Jimmy Greaves. <laughs> replaces him and yeah. and unbeknown to me um my, my dad had written after trevor brooking afterwards and just said you know that of course we understand that things can get cancelled and we understand mm -hmm. reasons for it etc um but you know it, can we meet you at, at some point and uh, trevor replied to, to the letter and said that he'd loved us to go and meet oh we, we took him up on the offer and we went out to um, my first game at Upton Park, which was in October 82. Wow. And the match was against Liverpool. So, of course, Liverpool were, you know, the team of the 80s and yeah. Souness and Leash and Hanson, amongst all the others. And uh, well, West Ham won 3 1. Sandy Clark scored, uh, Alvin Martin and Jeff Pike, I think, got the goals that day. And uh, and then we had, I, I had the letter 
from, from Trevor Brookings. So they may make our way, way to the front of the North Bank, show a policeman or steward the letter, and they said, "Yeah, come just just jump over," and took us through to the tunnel. And I remember we saw um, the commentator Brian Moore was down in the tunnel, and he he saw my jumper and come over, and made a bit of fuss, and had a chat with us while we waited for Trevor Brookings to appear. Trevor come out and spent a bit of time with us, and then introduced us to all all the players from both teams as they come out. Wow. Afterwards. And um, there's there no going back after that, was it? That was me. Uh, yeah. Well and truly. In terms of first games, Mark, that's, that's pretty bloody good. I'll be honest. I'll be honest. <laughs> that ain't a bad, that ain't a bad first proper game, was it really? Oh my goodness. Wow. 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 That's, that's, that's probably our best uh, first game uh, memory. I think, you know, meeting, you know, actually being personally invited by Trevor Brookin, um, and meeting all the players, and even meeting Brian Moore as well, he's my legend. Do you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, that's that's what what a good story, what a lovely story, and again, just shows what a class man Trevor is. Um, you know, and and what a lovely guy he was to even you know re- respond back as well. I mean, nowadays, you know, you if you get a you get a response back from a player, you've done well, haven't you? Really, but to you know personally invite you guys down, that's that's a that's a great story. That's a good one. Different is times, great. isn't it? Different times. Yeah, it is. It's different times. Classy. I mean, you know, it's not like it's not like in um, you know, I think to a man that time, that period, they were all classy. They were all class men, you know. Um, and and now, unfortunately, you, you know, you, you've got some really good players and some some lovely players do a lot for stuff like Mark and Dex and stuff like that. They do loads of stuff for for, for charity and things, but you get less of them. You know, sort of, and they're sort of cutting the old school mould, aren't they? Mark Noble and Declan Rice, and you know that you you could see them being that sort of same era as Trevor Brookie in terms yeah. of the way yeah. they conduct themselves. Absolutely, yeah, that's brilliant. What a great first story. And as you said, that's then you, you could not not be hooked after that, wouldn't it? I'm being funny. Getting you know after that, you're, you're in, you're in the club. You are, there's no turning back for you, Mark. That's for sure. So. <laughs> Soon, soon after that, we we started to go into more and more games. So, yep. you know, of course, at that age, relying on, on my dad driving us up. And But looking back now, I appreciate there's a time where there wasn't that many sort of like 10, 11 year olds going to football at that time. It wasn't mm. it wasn't the family environment, of course, that you know, football is today. So so looking back, I feel quite, not that bad, but, you know, that... Um, I was able to go, um, you know, yeah. travel up from Kent and, and go to the West Ham matches. I also yeah. remember um, the first time we went to, to an away game. Um, my dad took me and two or three of my friends to um, Hillsborough. And mm. I can't remember what year it was, but it was, um, unfortunately, it turned out to be the same day as the um, the Bradford fire. So, oh, uh, God. so my dad's got three or four 11, 12-year-olds yeah. at Hillsborough. And um, news reports are just broadcasting pictures of a, a football stadium on fire. Uh, it put up a wind of some of the mums. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I can imagine. With us, but, uh, <laughs> totally. but that's another day there. Never forget for, for various reasons. Yeah, that's not bad. I mean, even I mean, obviously, horrible happened in, in sort of the, the Bradford fires, but... Again, Hillsborough's a great a great ground to go to, uh, you know, as a first away to away game. Um, 
yeah, I mean, I, I love Hillsborough. It's, it's, it's still a great. I still find it a really cool, a really nice sort of because it was always one of those sort of really big stadiums. Was all they always used to put the semi-finals there, didn't they, and stuff like Villa Park and Hillsborough. Um, and no, I, it's a great ground. I, I like I like going Sheffield actually away, even if it's United or or, or Wednesday. They're you know cracking away cracking home fans so there's always good banter when when we could go away that was fun um when play when people could go away to games but yeah sheffield's a good football town football town i used to love that um yeah that's not bad you, you you've done well first away game not bad hillsborough i think mine was probably god i can't remember my first away game oh i can't remember it might be even celtic randomly no one's ever asked me about my first away game. It might have been Celtic. I didn't go away a lot when I was young, to be honest. For the same reason, as you said, it wasn't really the environment for a young lad to go. And my granddad would take me to me and my brothers to the bowling ground, but wouldn't. It was quite an old bloke, so he wouldn't have driven up to Newcastle or anything like that. So I was probably in my teenage years where I went. But uh, yeah, it would have been would have been probably Celtic in a pre-season friendly. That was, yeah, that was eventful. An eventful night in, in Glasgow. Um, <laughs> right. Okay, okay. Um, so, yeah, I was, that's taken me back a little bit, that, that first that first game, to be honest, Mark. I think it's a very, very cool first game memory to have, mate. Um, that's for sure. Um, this is probably the most unique one I think we've had so far. Uh, 250 interviews, so well done, well done. Um, right, let's, let's go on and talk about your your, uh, your Hammers 11. So um, everyone we have on the channel basically has to um give an 11 based on the players that they've been fortunate enough to see um that's the only rule but you can pick whoever you want whatever criteria you want it doesn't matter it's your 11 but as long as you've actually seen the players so and that could have been you know and obviously we say seen the players but some people obviously they haven't been to so many home games so it's all you know whether you've seen them on tv or but you've seen them live in some form I just have to clarify that because some people moan because I, yeah. I, I haven't changed the rules. Okay. I've just made it a bit a bit more inclusive for our foreign cousins, more particularly. Um, <laughs> right. So, <laughs> so um, let's start off between the sticks, Mark. Between the sticks, who have we got? Okay. So, so what I've done is, is, is rather than drop a list of my favourite or who I think are the, are the best players. I've drawn out a list based on who I think has gone too soon for various oh, nice. reasons. Players nice. who who we remember fondly um, maybe didn't make too many appearances or certainly during the time that I've been supporting West Ham didn't make too many appearances. Yeah. So start, starting off between between the sticks, I've gone for Les Seeley. Oh, yes. Who clearly West Ham's in his blood. Yeah. And he at times appeared to be the full ticket, shall we say. And if he'd been at West Ham for longer, when he was younger, yeah. I mean, as, as much as I love Bill Parks and, and, and Ludo, and, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't replace Les Seeley with, with them. But can you just yeah. imagine a, a younger Les Seeley oh. being West Ham's number one and what that would have meant oh. to him and the yeah. passion? Yeah, exactly. Funny enough, we've got his son coming on soon. We've got Joe coming on, um, which will be a good episode. I'm looking forward to that. Um, but yeah, just again, gone too soon for, for the wrong reason, you know, not not like obviously had left the club, but yeah. obviously no, in no. yeah, in in a in a, in a in a mortal sense as well. <laughs> yeah, but um yeah, yeah. and obviously and there was that obviously that famous time where he played up front against Arsenal. 
Um, <laughs> he came on and played. <laughs> he was a crazy think, bloke, weren't he? I think he only made sort of, including that. I think he only made four appearances, but Some but they were all away from home as well. So so no, no. they've got to play in front of the home crowd, which which is a shame. Yeah, and obviously was was goalkeeper coach as well, wasn't he for a while? Um, yeah, poor, yeah, horrible, but uh, yeah, good shot. I like this. This is a good eleven. I like this idea, Mark. Right, okay, Les is in. Um, so you carry before, on. Mate. Before I move on, the only other goalkeeper that I sort of considered for, for that, as as in, yeah, gone too soon was um, Bernard Lamar. Roberto. What? So Bernard Lamar. So I thought his voice. I thought he said Roberto. Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, Roberto, yeah, put him. No, Lamar. Le, Le, yes. He, he joined us on loan, didn't he? Yeah. He was there for good, a good few months, but, but didn't get in the team straight away. Craig Forrest was, no. was preferred. And uh, I just, just think that you know, he, he could have been another West Ham great if, if things had been a little yeah. bit different. He had all the right parts, isn't he, to be a West Ham goalkeeper legend. In the same ilk as mm. someone like Adrian, who's a bit like, not all there, um, a bit crazy, <laughs> a bit mental. Um, he was a perfect West Ham goalkeeper, really. I always used to remember when Lama used to play because he, I don't think he showered after the game because literally he was always in Green Street as everyone let, literally as the final whistle happened. I swear he literally probably ran in, picked up his tracksuit, jumped in the car, and was wondering why he was always stuck in Green Street because there's 30,000 people walking through Green Street <laughs> and like. Just, just have a shower, have a cup of tea, you know, have, have a glass of, you know, just wait five minutes and you'll be. No, it was that first one out, always Bernard Lama. Um, yeah, because obviously he, he he got he played for West Ham in that loan spell to get into the ninety eight squad. I want to say was it ninety eight squad? Yeah, um, for France. Been, and yeah. so, um, yeah, he was he yeah it was just he he was nut he was crazy as well, wasn't he? Absolute nutter. Right, okay, okay. Uh, right, let's put Les down. Um, you go for the team as you've got, got them down, Mark, on your bit of paper. Go on, you go for your next next players, mate. Okay, she'll, she'll, go, she'll go right back. And let's go I right went back. For Glenn Johnson. Yeah, nice. Glenn Johnson. Glenn just Johnson yeah. it's, it's such a shame. The circumstances, as he you know, just broke into the team. Yeah. And I think we all knew that there's going to be a, a, fire, a fire sale in that summer, selling mm. everybody off. But I don't think anyone saw Glenn Johnson being the first one to be sold. No. Probably no, he was at Millwall on loan, I think. Yeah, I think he went to Millwall yeah. on loan before he got into the West Ham team. Um, but you know, we, we're showing a lot of promise, and you know, not that there's many you know, positives of being relegated, but you thought well, Glenn Johnson will probably be you know, a, a mainstay of, of that next season, and of course, yeah. it, it, it wasn't to be. So, it, it's, one of, it's one of those things where with Glenn, with Glenn Johnson, you it was it was that horrible sinking feel, feeling where he started playing and you went oh he's brilliant how long is he till he's gone you know and there was that, there was that sort of period where we saw all these good young players come in you're like they're brilliant but we just put him in the shop window at the moment aren't we um and it was a shame because he was just yeah he was so i think yeah he played well i don't know less than probably 20 games for us something like that but he was just just made such an impact so early on because he was such a revelation at that right back position um, yeah, terrible shame, terrible shame, especially when we moan about selling someone like Grady Diangana for like 18, 20 million and we sold him for yeah. pennies, pennies really, compared to what he should have been worth now. But uh, yeah, all right, I like it this. Appears that, 
Yeah, go camera. Nobody thought of it seems that nobody thought of sell on clauses or anything like that. But Hindsight's a wonderful thing. Yeah, I mean, there was, there was a young lad called Rio Ferdinand who we seemed to sell for nine, and I believe he went for about thirty odd like a season later with no signing on fee. Well done, West Ham. Anyway, right, we'll put Glenn in. Go on, you carry on. You carry on, Mark. Okay, uh, left back. Um, I went for Stuart Pearce. We, we had a few um, great left backs towards the end of their careers, didn't we? We had uh, mm. Nigel Winterburn as well. I thought he did really well for us. But um, but, but I think I went for Stuart Pearce. I'd like, like to have yeah. seen Stuart Pearce um, in his prime Oof. for West Ham. Yeah. Again, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have swapped him for Julian Dix. No way. Julian Dix, yeah. one of my heroes. But Stuart Pearce, you know, what, what he did for England and his passion. Yeah. In fact... If if I look if I look back to the, the boys of '86 season, and I, I think it's criminal that we didn't build on that squad with one or two players in the summer, mm. and with, with no disrespect to, to George Paris and, and Steve Walford, you no. thought that left back was one of the ones one of the positions that may mm. have been looked at at that time, and yes, yeah, Stuart yeah. Pearce playing for Nottingham Forest, West Ham just finished third in the league. Yeah. It's a shame we didn't it's, push the boat we out. Interviewed, it was, we interviewed, I, think we, I think it was Mark Ward, and we got his 11, and basically it was the 85-86 sort of starting 11, bar the left back where he put Julian Dix in. And he was like, if we had Julian Dix, we would have won that league. Not, 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 it would have been a question of how many points we would have won the league by. Because he, he same as you, that was, the, that was the, he thought that was a missing piece. No disrespect to Georgie or to Steve, no. but it was like, that was the, that was the missing bit. Everyone else's position was was nailed on, but that left back, um, yeah, what could have been? Oh, and obviously Pearcey's again. You know, in the in the similar to Les when he was at the club, he was part of the coaching setup, and obviously, you know, Stuart and and that gang are doing a great job at the backroom staff for us now. So, um, I don't think it's a coincidence that we've got this cracking backroom staff, and we just seem to be a lot stronger as a team. I just think, you know, I think Piercy's yeah. a, a real influence on on that team, especially someone, especially Nolan as well. So, um, okie dokie, we'll put Piercy in. We'll put not the original psycho because the original psycho is David Cross, but the seconds are coming of the psycho. Um, and he won Ham the year, didn't he, Piercy, in that year? If I remember correctly, he where he, he was left back. It was that you said there was that procession. We had him, Nigel Winterburn, we had uh Chris Powell. Do you remember we had Chris Powell for a bit as well? Yeah, we had all these sort of yeah. aging left backs, didn't we, for a while? <laughs> they were just doing their yeah. final hurrahs of us. But uh all right, we'll put but Stuart Pearson. They all did well. I mean they, they all, all I mean well. they're all professionals, wasn't it? It was that it was that age where you could probably get away with playing um and no disrespect to any of them, but a slower left back. You know what I mean? It's like we tried it with Zabaleta and in that last season, bless him, he got found out quite a lot because the pace of the game is so bit so quick now. You couldn't have a Stuart Pierce, you know, last hurrah play at left back in the modern game now because it's 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 just all based on pace, isn't it, for those wingers? So um all right, we'll put Pierce in. Who's next? Who's next, Mark? So the centre backs. I've gone for Slevin Bilic, who was sold Ooh. too soon. Yes. 
that's that's the seven plan. bullets that play for West Ham, of course, and not the seven bullets that play for Everton, because that was a bit of a disastrous move, wasn't it? Different him. different player, wasn't it? Different player, really. Chalk and that, cheese. That didn't pay off. No. He got sent <laughs> off twice in his first, I don't know, five or six games, did he? Something like that, yeah. And, and that didn't work out well, but, um, but there you go. The, the grass isn't always greener. Mr. Rice, take note. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, and obviously another one who ended up, you know, managing the club as well. All these people, they've gone too soon, but they come back. It's like a boomerang effect. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, it's not nice to see him not do, you know, see how, how West Brom are playing at the moment in terms of, you know, no one wants to see your ex-managers doing, particularly as, you know, he had such a an affection with the fans, particularly that last season at Upton Park. Uh, him and Julian, it's not nice to see, but you know what can you do in it what can you do you know just, they're not playing very well whisper at the moment uh not getting the points but slavier and he was no it's not looking good and uh yeah it's, it's funny some people you know they were i mean you know nowadays you know it, you see particularly now going to everton wouldn't there was a then was like a sort of bit of a step up wasn't it really for west ham so you can understand why, but nowadays it's more of a you know because we because we're like sixth in the league now. So you know even Arsenal's a downward step. So it's you know <laughs> <laughs> we've got to enjoy it while we can, Mark. I'm not being funny. We've, you know we're West Ham Absolutely. fans. Absolutely. Oh yeah, we're too we too we we too um we're always waiting for that speed bump, aren't we? We're always waiting for that. Oh, we know it's going to fuck up, but when's it going to you know fuck up type thing? And so yeah, you know it's coming, enjoy. but you're just not sure. Yeah. When. Just enjoy it. Just enjoy it. Yes, the car crash will happen. Yes, we know that's going to happen. But until then, let's just enjoy it. That's what I like to do. I've, I mean, I've downloaded the Champions League music for next season on the iPad. So it's, I'm already, I'm already for next season. Yeah, the Champions. Fantastic. So yeah, <laughs> I might play it last game of the season and get sacked. No. Um, <laughs> right. Okay. So um, Super Slabs in. Who's he going to partner in that centre back position? Then Mark. Hanu. Now you might talk me up with the Yeah, Tin the high. Yeah, Hanu Tin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Funny enough, he only. Um, it's funny because he actually appeared the other day. I did an eleven of people who have only been picked once, and Hanu Tin had only been picked once. So lucky I did that then, not before, not after you, because I thought he was an absolute quality player, Hanu. Um, let's just share. There we go, Hanu. Let me just write that down. He was a he was quality, wasn't he? He was he was like those guys. He you know we 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 had quite a few players on loan, didn't we? That around that time, and he made a real difference. And I think if I'm right, didn't they want something silly? The club he was playing for wanted something silly in return. Um, ah, it's going to really annoy me now. Who? Because who did he go to? He went to us. So I'm just reading. I don't remember figures. But, but I remember the club saying that we're not we're not paying what what was being asked. But I can't remember what sort of figures were being asked. But yeah, he, he just seemed to have captain material written all over him. And yes. I, I saw him play a few times at, at West Ham. But but it was the main United Cup tie that I watched on TV. Um, the yeah. Dicanio Bartes game, wasn't it? But he was outstanding. And it's just, just I've, I think I read that he's won two league championships in two different countries. And that his captain's pretty much all the teams he's played for. Wow. Yeah, he's uh, obviously yes. just, just solid, solid player. 
Yeah, he made his cat. I was just looking now. He he went to Anderlecht after West Ham on loan, and so then he won the two championships there, and then he went to Zurich and won the Swiss when two championships there as well. So there you go. I always remember him very very fondly because he um, he was obviously Finnish, and I. Um, I randomly go used to my old job. Used to go to Finland quite a lot um, for one of our clients, and they were really into football, like really into football. And so I only, because obviously I only knew about two Finnish players. One was Hannu Tien, <laughs> and the other one was Yari Lippmann, and that was it. <laughs> that was all I could remember in terms of. But then you know, well. there was uh, Mikel Forsell as well, the three players. But uh, no, he was solid. And if I remember, I think they wanted something. He, it was Viking, I think he was his original team was. And I think it was something like seven or eight million. Someone will quote, Kent Hammers will, will, will text in the, in the thing. We'll put a comment and tell me how much it was. But I think it was about eight, seven or eight million. And we wouldn't pay it. And I think we ended up buying Stimatch instead. I want to say Eagle Stimatch, maybe. Um, and someone else. But yeah. But he was quality, and he was part of that man, that team that beat Man United, wasn't he? As well, in one, in like this, it was like a blue shirt. It wasn't this shirt, but it was like a the the blue one with the collar yeah. and the Doctor Martins. Yeah, right. I remember. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. I don't remember seasons, but I remember shirts. And I remember he was in a blue Doctor Martins collared <laughs> shirt. That's it. There we go. Uh, Hanu's in. Yeah. That's a solid back four. That is a solid back four. In it, not gonna get much change out of that back four. Looking that's for good. Sure. It's looking good. Right, carry on, Mark. Who's next? Okay, so right midfield, and this is someone else who I think we missed out on earlier in his career than when he did sign. And again, we wouldn't pay the fee, and I, I think it was peanuts, really. But, yeah. but Rob Lee, and oh. nothing will convince me that he wouldn't have joined West Ham at the time that he went to Newcastle if we'd matched, matched the fee. I don't know if they were talking about 750000 or something. I, I don't know. But... The difference in what you know what West Ham were prepared to pay and what they wanted, and yeah. that's, that's a shame we didn't get Rob Lee at that time. Yeah, we went up to Newcastle. Yeah, and then we unfortunately got him towards the end of his career, really, didn't we? And so um, it happens, doesn't it? It happens. It always seems it always seems that players bookend their career at West Ham. It's either you know someone like I don't know Glenn Johnson or it's someone like Stuart Pearce. You don't get the one in their pomp do you? you don't get that that very rarely do you get players who are um who, who we, we buy when they're in their prime and uh yeah rob lee obviously you know uh massive west ham fan as well um and and so, yeah it's a shame and obviously he had elliot and ollie as well you know his sons um and now yeah top guy top guy hopefully we get him on soon actually um right okay rob lee is in who is next then mock so left midfield did consider yep. Dimitri Payet as sold too soon, but I didn't I didn't want to go there. <laughs> um so and again this is based um on his reputation more than anything that we saw in his short period of time. But Paolo Futre on the left left wing. Oh Paolo Futre. <laughs> Let me tie this one in because he's only appeared once as well. Paolo Futre. Oh dear. <laughs> now he was a as as the as the as the kids would say now he was a baller wasn't he really he was that came with a huge pedigree didn't he huge pedigree um and i think he only played 
nine times for us, I believe. It's only because I've been doing a quiz soon. Um, and I, I looked up that. I think he only played nine times I've got, for us. I've got to write it down. Nine. <laughs> That's one point. That's <laughs> one point you can get Mark on Thursday. Um, and if he... And then there was always... There was the, the thing with... Was it the Arsenal game that he signed? He refused to play because he'd be given the 16 shirt, not the 10. And then he... Didn't he, then he left. He just left, and then Monks gave him the shirt for a, a fortnight in his villa or something like that. Brilliant. That's, that's the story, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a story that Steve Jones because he's only he's, he's only picked been picked in one more side. I remember, and that was Steve Jones's side, Jonah, and and he picked him because um, of the story when he was it when they were doing preseason running at Hainault Forest, um, like he did every season. And this limousine pulls up and the, the, the sort of the window creeps down and this sort of cigarette, all this like cigarette smoke comes out like a cigarello and the door, the, the chauffeur opens the door and it's Futre already in his shorts and he's, and he's, he's got his shorts on. He's got his zip up top, <laughs> like flicks his fag out. He runs for about 15 minutes, jumps back in the car, buggers off. And that's, <laughs> And that's why he picked him, just for the sheer audacity of the man. But again, what what a player he could have been, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? He was such a – and obviously you see how skillful he was and, you know, the career he had, Atletico Madrid and stuff like that. Um, yeah. It's, it's, we've had a lot of them, haven't we? Had a lot of them who just promised so much but just didn't just didn't deliver for some reason. Um very all in the same era, it seems, as well. <laughs> we're, in the, we're in the red nap era, it seems, isn't it? I think the match was Southampton at home and it was on match of the day as well uh, where you know, Fulce put in a virtuoso performance and yeah. just showed us what, you know, what what could have been and uh, but, but it's a shame. It is a shame. It is a shame. Work out, right. but there you go. It is. It is. It is. Right. Okay. We'll put, but we, 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 got, we got another Paolo after that, so it was all right. Um, right. So we'll put uh, Paolo Fulce in. Who is next then, Mark? Uh, Javier Mascherano holding the oh. thoughts. Do you know what? This is a great team because I think literally it, this is basically that the, the team I put together for the uh, teams that haven't been picked team um, because Mascherano hadn't been picked as well. <laughs> and, <laughs> oh dear, I've got it. There we go. Make sure I type him in properly. Otherwise someone will go, oh, you spelled his name wrong. Uh, Javier Mascherano. Let's talk about Javier Mascherano, Mark. Go on in. Yeah, so of course it was um, Hayden Mullins that kept him out of the team. <laughs> yeah, clearly he was a far, far more yeah, superior ob- player. Obviously, <laughs> obviously, you know, there's reasons for it, and you know, it's settling down in a new country and, and everything else. But, um, but yeah, you know, just, just what he went on to to achieve and who he played for, you know, Liverpool and Barcelona and. Just the medals shame, what, and the trophies. What, what a great player he was, because it's like you know it was, and and just that whole weirdness of that transfer and him and Tevez turning up and like out of the blue and it was just it was a defining moment I think for West Ham because you know we were like catapulted into these sort of like the, the we have we do these types of transfers now and it's quite funny I, I've interviewed a lot of players who have been around that time. Um, you know, some, you know, some squad players, some first team players. And I asked them about that and they, they were just as shocked as we were, you know, just they turn up at Chadwell Heath one day and 
there's these two Argentinian internationals just turn up out of bundled out of a car, look like they've been hostaged, and you know, because like, eyes were like scraping open and pardy over the top, thinking, I don't know what I'm gonna do yeah. with these two. But um, yeah, it was a shame because obviously he was such a good player, and but but I think I think in terms of both of them, I think Mascherano was the one who took English lessons and, and like really wanted to learn the English language. I don't think Tevez was so much, um, but Mascherano was yeah. And obviously, he then went on to have a fantastic career at Liverpool and Barcelona, and you know, clearly had a better career than Hayden Mullins, bless him. Um, but not in the eyes of Mr. Pardew, uh, the, the new man. Was he? What's he now? What's what's Pardew? He's like he's is he technical director for uh, CSK Sofia or something like that. He is. He, he's just is got he? a new job, I think. Alan. Yeah, he was. Yeah. He was manager at. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, he's, he's the new technical director of CSKA uh, Sofia. He was at because he was wow. at somewhere in where was he at? He was at Den Haag recently. Yeah, yeah, so funny, you know, brilliant, so random, but yeah, good old pods. He, he knows he knows talent when he sees it. So um, yeah, <laughs> right, okay, Mascherano's in. Um, who's next? Who's next then, Mark? Okay, now now this player is going to look out of place given that it's gone too soon team yeah but it's trevor brooking because i can't not have trevor brooking can i <laughs> but he retired too soon i only yeah. got him to play i only got him to see him play five times because he, he was out for the whole season the first season that started going following yeah. the injury that kept him out well the world cup pretty much um so yeah I, I, I saw him play five times but i saw him score a goal and funny enough it was a, a header against arsenal yeah, <laughs> and I and I believe I believe that was the tenth of May. I think it was eighty three, so it was like three years on from the day of the, of the cup final. Brilliant. And he was scoring against Arsenal again with, with a header. I remember it was almost on the goal line. In fact, I think he had the the white goal line chalk on his shirt when he picked himself up from from scoring his header against Arsenal. Yeah, in the league match, I think West Ham won one three one, and Fantastic. I was fortunate enough to beat his. I went to his final appearance as well, and I, I, I think there was um, an additional ten thousand at that game on the previous home match attendance for Trevor Brooking's last match. So yeah. I've got I've got fond memories of the matches that I did see him play, but um, there was only five of them. So on that basis, I can put them in the gone too soon team. Definitely, definitely, and as a manager as well. You know what I mean? You know, you know. Arguably, he had, uh, you know, was gone too soon as a as a caretaker manager because he, you know, he, he that sort of when he took over, um, I always had those visions of him like doing his thing with his hands, like you know, it was almost like David Pleitesque. Remember when he scored that goal and they were running? He went like in the eighties when he was running across the pitch. That's almost like Trevor was. He he really he could tell he was. He loved that. He lo- he loves like you know. It must be you know. It's same as us. If we something to you, you know, you know, on Wednesday, you know, Moyes is bit out again. Off you go. Off you go. Mark up. You'd be exactly the same as Trevor Bookie would as a fan. And um, yeah, no, he's yeah. I get that. He's he's retired too soon because he obviously he only played he only played one game in the eighty two eighty three season as well, if I remember. Um, Again, because I was doing all the stats. So yeah, so as you said, he was just got injured and it just didn't, you know, you know, obviously that season and um yeah, shame. That's a shame, but obviously uh he got to see him. At least you got to see your hero play, you know what I mean? It's uh you know, it's it's he's always got that. <coughs> that 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 one game that you're talking about in that following season that he played, 
Funny enough, I think that was against Arsenal as well. I think he <laughs> lost three one. I think Vangelis might have got the West End goal, but but, but there's something there's certainly something between Trevor Brooklyn and Arsenal with, with yeah. the games that I saw saw him play, and of course the cup final as well. So uh, of course, of course, and, right. and, and just on Trevor Brooklyn, on. Trevor Brooklyn was manager. Um, it, it wasn't a game that I went to, but I remember watching on on TV the game at Man City. So Kevin Keegan was manager of, of Man City at the time. So of course he had Brooklyn and Keegan friends from their England days. Yeah, both in the dugout, and, and I remember Trevor Brooking was just walking over and talking to Kevin Keegan throughout, and Kevin Keegan was sort of laughing, saying, "Yeah, that, that's great, Trip. That's great, Trev. But pointing out the areas, the, the technical areas, he's got, he's got to stay in. <laughs> <laughs> Trevor had no idea that it was technical areas. Yeah. He's just happy to wander across and speak to whoever he wanted. But <laughs> such a nice bloke, you just allow it, wouldn't you? He's allow it, with Trevor. Um, right, okay. Up front, then, Mark. Who have we got first up front? Uh, just before we move on to start up front, I, I, I can't believe I didn't get Liam Brady in the midfield, but I'll stick to what I've got. But Liam Brady yeah. was unfortunate not to make not to make the midfield there. Um, but up front, I'll go with Carlos Tevez. Carlitos Tevez. Yes. Right, we put him down. Right Sold down. too yep. soon. Yeah, he was, wasn't he? He's incredible uh, how little games he played and how much of an impact he had on the history of West Ham in terms of the modern history, isn't it? So, you know, he played a very, very small number of take and to be honest, to be perfectly fair, he probably only turned up for the last sort of six months really, wasn't it? He was you know, he wasn't great, but he was he was trying to do far too much when he first joined. Um and obviously Kerb's coming in, um, a bit like how Moisey did it with Arnautovic and, and and Antonio really. You know, you don't run don't run about, you stay in that final third, we'll kick the ball up to you and then you do your stuff. Um yeah, he was just a very special player, wasn't he? He was, um, and obviously he had a very special bond with the fans. He brought that back, didn't he, when he came back from Man United? I don't remember doing that until <laughs> he is, came back yeah. to Man United. So, um, <laughs> it's, it's just always ironic. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he was someone, because we interviewed Anton Ferdinand, and, and Anton told a story about Carlos, where obviously Mascherano, as I said, was learning english and taking english lessons carlos didn't he literally brought his interpreter everywhere but he always wanted to be involved with like the boys um they'd be going on nights out in london um you know in nightclubs and he would bring his interpreter on the dance floor with him to communicate with anton you know stuff like that brilliant. brilliant absolutely brilliant and i remember that tottenham game where he scored his first goal and he was like, if I remember beforehand, he was hitting the post, just missing. Basically, doing what West Ham are doing now, you know, not necessarily scoring the goals, but just being ever so close, you know, falling over. And, you know, and then when that goal came in, just that relief and how he jumped in the crowd and such an iconic moment that was. Um, top Brilliant. guy. Yeah. Lovely bloke. And he just said, full of, full of joy, wasn't he? You know, some players you watch and... He, he he loved the game. He loved playing football. You could see it, his expression. He always wanted to play the ball and stuff. And you like it when players seem to be enjoying themselves when they're playing. And um, he was one of them. But yeah, Carlitos Tevez. Right. We've got one more spot, Mark. Who's going to be? Jonathan Clary? What? Yeah, and, and to be fair, we're a sport for choice, really. Because you, you think yeah. the players that we signed late in their careers, um, Teddy Sheringham, Les Ferdinand, Ian Wright, Devos Suka. Um, but despite all that, I think Dean Ashton. Yeah. Such a shame. Yeah. We didn't get more out of Dean Ashton. And you know, the injury he picked up while training for England. Um, it's, it's just the West, the West Ham way, isn't it? 
got a player being picked for England again, and he just had the cup final and oh. looked fantastic play. Yeah, it's typical West Ham, you know. Isn't Sean White Phillips the smallest player ever to play for England or something like that? It's like he's, and so he hoffles our player. Um, I still, it's really funny. Yeah. I still can't watch anything with him on the telly without feeling anger towards him. Um, it's really funny. I really have a it's just this irrational hatred of Sean White Phillips. Um, but yeah, he he was a, it, Ashton was a class act, wasn't he? He was a classy striker. Um, he had it all, had it all in anyway, had everything. Absolutely. I mean, he was brilliant. Man. He was the complete striker. He, you know, he could play. He could, he could hold it up. He, he had a turn of pace. He had a trick on him. He had a, he had a shot. He could header. He was, he could hold it up. He could bring people in. He was just. It's a shame because this is not even for West Ham, but a shame for England because he would have been, him and Rooney would have been up front together, for England and probably Man United eventually. You know, he's <laughs> you know a Glenn Johnson type thing. I think with you know if he was still you know he wouldn't have been <laughs> with us for so long. Um, but yeah, he was brilliant, wasn't he? Sort of that modern. You know, he was like you know people look at Harry Kane and and you know his goal record, but Ashton he didn't have a patch on Ashton. Harry Kane. I really, he was just absolutely. I agree. He was yeah, absolutely skillful, brilliant, brilliant man. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and that's and that's that's the eleven mark. God, I like that. Yeah. That was a, that was a good theme. I like that. That was really fun. Uh, gone too soon. Gone okay, too soon. No, that is a good team. I mean, funny. That's in their pomp. That team, you know, uh, strong centre back. You know, strong back four. You want to get yeah, CD in his pomp. Bless him. The rest of his soul, you know, obviously Rob Lee again in his, his Newcastle days. I'm taking him on this. Paolo Futre, Mascherano, Brooking, Tevez, and Ashton. Oh, it would give our it would give our team a run out run for their money at the moment. I'll tell you for that. Definitely, definitely. Mark has been absolutely Yeah, it might cost a bit. Might cost a bit. We'd have to uh, yeah, season ticket prices might be going up because of it, but it doesn't matter. Um this has been lovely chatting, Mark. It's been lovely, thank you. Uh really, thank really, you, really you. enjoyed it. Um, thank you so much. Um, and obviously, thank you to everyone for listening as well, watching. Uh, whatever you do, whoever you listen to it, make give it a share, give it a like, subscribe, yada, yada, yada. Um, and until next time, for myself and for Mark, take care, everyone. Stay safe, wash those hands, come on, you irons, and we'll see you again very, very soon. Take care, everyone. Uh, take care. Bye bye. Much love. Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.